1: Welcome back to another Share Your Light episode. This is a chance for us to share members of our listening audience who truly are changing things. They're changing their lifestyle. They're changing their outlook. They're raising the vibration. And it's always to be of service and to help other people. And I think that's what we're all trying to do as individuals and as a community right now is to truly step into this shift and transition the world's going in, but also to say, what can I do to help? And a while back, we did a show on the Akashic Records, and then I was so, so lucky and blessed to share time with Kate, and she's our guest here today, who actually does some really intensive work with the Akashic Records. So I thought she'd be a wonderful person to share with you and also for you to get to know. Kate is a certified Ayurvedic and massage practitioner. She graduated in 2010 from the Ayurvedic Living School in Arcata, California. Shortly after obtaining her California massage license, she has enhanced her practice with an aromatherapy certification and courses in celestial herbalism. She creates small batch herbal oils and body care products inspired by Ayurvedic herbalism and her love of native plants. Following her passion, Kate delved deeper into metaphysical studies, strengthening her healing practice and intuition. She completed courses on tarot, mediumship, core shamanism, Vedic astrology, kundalini yoga, and Akashic record reading. Through her studies and spiritual practice, Kate recognized and honored her calling to read the Akashic records. Her new business, Akashic Elements, is a culmination of her Ayurvedic and spiritual studies. Kate delivers messages, insight, guidance, and reassurance channeled through her from spirits presiding over the Akashic records. When reading the client's records, Kate intends to facilitate the opportunity for clients to open up to their intuition. She views the records as a pathway to healing by shedding light on your soul's journey. Welcome, Kate, and thank you so very much for coming on with me today.
0: Oh, thank you, Denise. I'm so happy to be here.
1: And you know what I love about your story is just it's all been a stepping stone to the next, to the next, to the next, and then you blend it all together beautifully. And I say this to a lot of people that the real goal in any of this work is is get the hell out of the way and let it come through you, not from you. And you're really the epitome of that. Like you're able to step through the looking glass into the records and bring back what someone needs at the time. Another thing is that we've chatted and you grow the plants to do the Ayurvedic herbalism to do. So maybe you could share a little bit of how this all started with you.
0: Yeah, so um, let's see. It started with a going to a metaphysical, a psychic fair. <laughs> so I went to a psychic fair and had my very first um, psychic reading. And I didn't know what to expect. And the woman told me about a past life that I had as, a, she said, as a Vedic, and she was describing me taking gemstones and making elixirs. And I was like, hmm, I've never heard of that. But at the time I was actually working at a bead shop and there were lots of crystals around. So I was surrounded and really loved crystals. Um, so anyway, I kind of tucked that in the back of my mind, that word Vedic. And I, I mean, it was within the same week. I went back up to Arcata where I was living and walked by the herbal store that was right next door. And there was a sign in the window, intro to Ayurveda. I was like, Ayurveda? Veda? That's going to mean something. So um, I took the course. And it was just a little intro course. And the teacher was starting a program. And from there, she started offering the herbalism, the practitioner training. And I think it was a two-year course or class Mm -hmm. to get the certification so that's how I got into Ayurveda was kind of the jumping off point of more of my metaphysical studies and herbalism and healing modalities
1: so were you working as a massage practitioner when you took the classes
0: Mm -mm. I was just working at a bean shop
1: very cool but again that creativity and that connection with with energy I love it absolutely love it so then you started, it's almost like that was your gateway drug into this world. Like some people yeah. it's Reiki, some people it's the cards, but for you it was Vedic and it just opened up the floodgates for you. So do yeah. you feel that because that was the, the thing that led you in, that that's a core principle in a lot of the work that you do? Do you do? Yeah. do you get in a lot?
0: I do. I mean, it was such an intensive study you know, program and that was kind of my in terms of spirituality, too, more of the Ayurvedic, the Vedic spirituality, the Hinduism. So I incorporate in my private practice, lots of their deities and mantras and chanting. So there was no way that it couldn't kind of tinge my practice.
1: (laughs) See, and that's perfect, because I think if we pay attention, spirits always putting out those Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs and saying, okay, just the fact that you you heard that word and then there it is in the window and it tied in with your connection with plant energy and growing. And could you talk about how that worked in as well? Because the herbalism I know is really near and dear to your heart as well.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting looking back. I'm like, oh, well, so I ended up in Arcata because I wanted to go to Humboldt State to study botany. Um, I loved plants. And mm-hmm. all, I knew all the native plants growing around me. And I just really felt a strong connection to plants. And the university wasn't for me that delving into that focus and the GE and all of that. So anyway, plants have always really been important to me and learning about the Ayurvedic herbalism. There's lots of plants from India that don't grow around here and
1: shared this with me quite openly is that you can feel the energy of the plants and you can I think when people really have that connection with plant energy and plant medicine it's interacting with with a very living tangible energy and I think that sometimes people don't realize how impactful that can be it can be the same as if you connect with animals or people in spirit or the angelic realm the plant world has that same thing. And then you make your own oils and lotions and as well?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm fortunate my family has a big piece of property and land. So there's some wild plants that grow there that I'm able to harvest. And then the, I grow some on in my own private garden that I'll um, decoct and reduce into um, mostly body oils. Oil is really important in Ayurveda healing. It's a big principle. It's actually kind of neat. The sneha means oil and that translates to love. So, yeah. So, you put love on your body. Yeah.
1: So, I had talked with an herbalist years ago and really cool woman. uh, She lived here in the Western foothills of Maine and she did a lot of Molly is a a native. uh, Anyway, there's a long story with that and she would channel that energy. But she always told me that the plants you need will show up on your property, the plants that you need will show up for you. Could you talk about that for a minute?
0: Yeah. So and also where the where the earth needs healing, they'll pop up. And I have a corner in my yard here that I don't know what happened before we moved to the property. But there's the soil's really, no matter what, too acidic, no matter what I put there, nothing grows. And so I just let kind of the wild nature take it over. And right now there's lots of plantain growing there and wild violet. And as much as I want to like put a particular plant there and like landscape it and, you know, conform it into this vision I have, I just had to let it go and do its thing, which I think is really important with plants and honoring the elemental energy and letting just kind of come back to its natural state.
1: I agree. And it's really fun if you stay in a place for a while. When I first bought this property, it was very manicured. It was very late. And I felt terrible when the woman would go by because I kind of didn't keep it manicured. But over the last couple of years, I've let parts of my yard wild for the bees and the butterflies, but especially for the bee population. I feel pretty strongly about that. And it's been interesting to watch what what comes and goes. And I started to, I don't know enough about it to be able to say, oh, that's this plant and it does this medicinally. But in my heart and in my sense, I know that that energy is there for me as well as the the earth and the neighborhood and, and everything else, which the more and more you pay attention to this, it is so fascinating, incredibly fascinating. So you have that connection with the plant energy and the herbalism and the Ayurvedic. And then you kind of start peeking behind the curtain at the Akashic records. So yeah. how, how did that loop in? Because I, when, when you talk about that, it's just like, you know, the angels singing and the door is <laughs> wide open for you.
0: <laughs> so I first heard about the Akashic records through my Ayurvedic studies, and it was less metaphysical than how we view it less new agey you know so in ayurveda the akashic records are something that are it's the same principle you know records your life reincarnation looking at the past it's more viewed on the past the only people that can read the akashic records are like uh, holy people so it was very you know you had to be almost ordained to read the records so it wasn't accessible to anyone Mm -hmm. and I think the Akashic records have had that view and it's starting to turn away from that that anyone you can access, they're your records you can access them but because I had learned that initially I felt that it was you had to be special to read Mm -hmm. it you know like appointed or something so I just it never occurred to me that that was a possibility for me to do. And the way that it happened was I had a really vivid dream. I, at that time, was studying in you know, the chakras and developing your psych- psychic abilities and that sort of thing. And I just kind of had hit a roadblock and wasn't able to, you know, see things the way I wanted or have it real, like the floodgates open, like have all this. Inundation of information, psychic information coming to me. And that's really what I wanted. So anyway, I had a dream that I was sitting at the feet of a man in kind of a throne, and he was wearing blue robes, and he looked very almost like a wizard or you know, someone who you would look up to, not not a guru who you might think I would be seeing and with my mm-hmm. Ayurvedic studies, but it was more like a wizard. <laughs> that's how he looked uh-huh. at me. He had this big book in his lap, and I asked him, How come I don't have my psychic de- um, abilities aren't developing. He opened the book and he pointed with his finger. He says, well, you see here, it says, the, t- the time is not right. It'll come to you when you're ready. I woke up in the morning. I was like, oh, he was reading, you know, the book of my life. He was reading my yeah. Akashic records.
1: Wow. Oh, that gives me willies.
0: Yeah, it was really a special, pretty special dream, and it gave me solace at the time. Like, okay, you know, now is not the time. do I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on. And when the time is right, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the middle of it, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I felt really lost at times. You know, where is this going? And it was hard to see where the breadcrumbs were leading at that point in time. It just really was important to just to trust that there was going to be an outcome that I would hit my stride eventually. And um, it did.
1: And that's really important because I think sometimes people will come into this with, I think I'm supposed to be, I'm just going to use the example. I think I'm supposed to be a medium. I I know it. I'm supposed to be a conduit for spirit. And then they explore that and it never really kicks or they think I'm supposed to be a, a tarot reader or an intuitive or or an energy worker and they try all these different modalities and none of them really, really fit like a glove. But you made a really good point when you did the meditation and you saw the the wizard who said, you know, just just be patient. We're gonna help you with this. And how was there a time frame? Was did it seem like things started to move forward after that?
0: Um, I think I just brought me comfort in that point in time. I knew that eventually things would happen the way that they were meant to, and prior to that, it was I was impatient. You know, I like I want all this now, and (laughs) I felt that, and that would crop up every now and then. Where you know, taking all these different classes, and like this doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. I like it, but it's not what I want to offer. It's not my, it's not my thing. You know, I I, I like it, but you
1: just normalized so much for so many people with that statement. What I found, though, from, from personal experience, and I, and I know you do this as well, or I believe you do this as well, is you still use pieces of all those modalities in your work. So it may seem kind of redundant or a dead end when you're going through it, but then when you get on the other side of it and you're, you're in the records, and then all of a sudden you're pulling something back from another training that you had, building this foundation and building blocks, but it also gives you this incredible ability to work with a a wider demographic of people because someone may in and all of a sudden you find yourself tapping into energy work practices and then someone else comes in and you're tapping into the Ayurvedic and then someone else comes in and you're tapping into the herbalism but spirit gave you all those stepping stones so that you can have this very comprehensive approach to what you offer. Um, Right. So really
0: enriched everything by studying all those different modalities and You know, I didn't, I'm not an expert in all of them, but I know enough to to talk to those different people who that is their, that's where they're coming from. So it's like speaking their language.
1: And that's another really good point. It's not about being the expert. It's about understanding the dynamics of it to be able to bring through what people need. Because yeah. if, if you're truly working with spirit, your claircognizance is going to improve and you'll find yourself saying things that you may have a base of knowledge on, like herbalism is not my strength. I love it. It fascinates me. I love the medicinal qualities. I haven't had formal training, but it's something that who knows, maybe I will at some point. But sometimes in a reading, if something comes through, that with my little tiny base of knowledge around that, I, I really feel like it's that clock their cognizance of just knowing that that's what needs to be said. I don't think learning, growing, evolving, a- exploring different modalities is ever ever a waste of time, energy or effort. Um, but you never you never learn at all. you never do, which I, I think is great. i I love that there's no, five star general PhD level that you reach and then there's nothing else to experience in this. Because that would that would be boring. (laughs) Um, But thank you because I think that's really an important, important thing to add for folks who may be in that trying to figure out, well, what is it that I came here to do? So
0: thank you. Yeah. And sure enough, there we are.
1: Ayurvedic has been a long time. That we're going back a centuries correct so that, that specialization of only holy people could be the ones to access the information and now this has become I think it's something we can all access but there are some people my own personal opinion some people who have more of like for you you step right into it you don't have to work at it it's it's almost that you they gave you a special key to get in and it really resonates with with the way that you work with the way that you process from spirit but what you've shared with me is that you're able to access the records and share the information but are working on making it a collaborative effort with the person you're working with so that it it's more enriching and not just you saying oh well this this and this and people are getting a deeper resonance and understanding of what you're you are experiencing because it's almost like you're taking their hand and bringing them along for the ride so yeah. what what is it like when you when you do go into the records what does that feel like for you
0: Um, let's see, I feel, I mean, I I suppose it's like doing a mediumship reading, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the person, um, I'm seeing symbols for them. I'm seeing, you know, asking what someone's wearing if a past life comes up. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's visual, I'm hearing words and I'm feeling sensations in my body. Those are the three things that are coming to me.
1: Does someone set an intention, what they want? When you bring, when you go into the records, or do you, or can it be both that they can say, oh, just see what you get, or I really want information on?
0: I think having some sort of a question of focus is good. Sometimes it doesn't go there, and the question will kind of change in a way that is necessary for them to receive the answer in. So they might come asking for something and I'll ask the question and nothing will just be crickets and so mm-hmm. we raise the question in a way that the answers will start to come more fle- freely. So really coming with intention is important.
1: What flashed in my mind is sometimes people go into any type of a, a reading or a session or, or a connection with blinders on and a rigidity of this is what I have to know, this is what I have to see. And, you know, our Higher selves, our soul light, our guides or, it may have something completely different in mind for us. What I love is when you go into the records, you're going to bring back something that is relevant for that individual. It's not, I can't see how it would ever be a generic message because it's coming in through for that specific person,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is very close to the mediumship with whenever I'm talking to someone about mediumship, it needs to be evidential enough that you know that it's them, not just, oh, it's a Graham, she loves you which is nice, but that's too generic. So do you find you get specific things for, for the person?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's interesting. It's almost like evidential stuff comes out indirectly. You know? oh, I like, love
1: that.
0: Yeah, I had a reading I gave recently, and I like to ask if there's anything else that they want to, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some something that they want to share before we close. And the image that flashed in my mind was... Oh, weird, it was uh, an emoji, like the kissy face emoji. Um, okay, this is what I'm seeing right now. They're showing that. The person started racking up and it was a, it was a personal message for them um, oh. in kind of a snarky way, which was really funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fun because then you know you have a connection when they're snarky or sarcastic or or something that's so unique. The other day i yeah. a reading and I, the woman in spirit just kept showing me hat boxes, hat boxes, hat boxes. And the woman I was reading for was a little bit skeptical. And then finally towards the end of the reading, I said, I'm sorry, she just won't let up on this. What's with the hat boxes? And the woman just stared at me and she said, oh, that's so funny. You just said hat boxes because my mother collected antique wooden hat boxes and my sisters and I had to decide what we were going to do with them after she passed and how we'd separate them. So I, I feel like when you got the kissing emoji, there's always that part of us that wants to hesitate a tiny bit of, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and see, that's what I think is another thing I love about you, Kate, is that you are very practical and grounded and you get a goal and you task analyze. So you've blended this beautifully. So to step fully into this place of trust and acceptance and okay, I'm working with you and for you, let let me know what I'm supposed to bring through. I think that's a really important aspect of this is that you're not airy-fairy-woo-woo. You do, you're, you're very grounded, you're very practical. And I think that's another thing I love about your style is that you're able to work with a wide demographic of people and not just limit it to someone who is very familiar with the spiritual world or very comfortable with the vocabulary that that we all may be a little more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, you do the Akashic Record readings, and you blend in the Ayurvedic, and you, what else? Because I, I, you're just a, a fund of information, and I love talking to you.
0: <laughs> I mean, my private practice of, here where I live in, in California, I do massage, I do Ayurvedic facials. I dabble in landscape design. <laughs> so yeah,
1: yeah, just yeah. I, I love that you say dabble because one time I spoke with you, and you had like five different jobs going and it was all over the place. And I was thinking, how the hell does she keep this all balanced? But you do it beautifully. Uh, my gut feeling, and I'm not doing a drive-by, I promise. I feel like you're getting ready to, yes, open up your practice more for individual one-on-one sessions, but are you looking to do some some group work or some teaching as well?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I intend to do like workshops in the future. Beautiful classes. I've, I've been told by many people that I'm a teacher, and I've never really fully stepped into that role. And I feel like this is the way that it's going to unfold for me is yeah. teaching some some workshops group probably through Zoom, maybe maybe in person, um, with my community here that I live in.
1: And that's really incredible because you've taken all of these different modalities and you've blended them together to make them yours. So you're not trying to emulate someone else's style. So yes, you have the foundational Ayurvedic, you have the foundational skills, but then you've taken a step back and said, okay, I need to make this mine. And I think that's what you would bring through with sharing your your wealth of information with other people. This is a, a rando question, but... Do you get energized when you do work in the Akashic Records? So when I'm working as a medium, I get really elevated and charged up. It rarely, rarely, rarely drains me energetically. Psychic stuff sometimes will, will pull on my energy. But mediumship, because I'm connecting with that other energy, it charges me up and I get really upbeat. Do you find any differences in your energy?
0: Yeah, I can well. I'm not airy-fairy-woo-woo, woo, but I do get, like, I'm out there, just, like, floating in the ethers after mm-hmm. reading. And it takes me a while to get back down to earth. So, I usually i am ravenous. I'm so hungry afterwards. Or I need to go outside and just, like, come back into myself because I'm not fully in my body at that point when the reading's right. over. Um, but it's not draining. It's just kind of, it's actually really similar to the feeling I get after I do massages. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I, if there's healing that's happening hands-on with the massage. It's very similar. It's, you know, that coming through me thing. It's not really me. I'm not drained of energy. I'm just, I'm not really there.
1: That to me is so key because I, I spoke with a woman this morning. I read for her maybe a year or so ago. I, I don't remember who I bring through. I don't remember the characteristics because it's coming through, not from. And I feel like when we do get in that elevated kind of drifty place, we've we've stepped through the veil, so to speak, to be able to work in tandem with spirit, not pull from our own resources. So that's a really cool thing. So do you see any pattern in what people come to you for for their readings? Because of the behaviorist part of my brain, I want to track demographics and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get waves of the same people asking similar questions. Do you, do you find that you get waves of people wanting more information on past lives or where their lives are now or how to heal?
0: Yeah, I don't notice this the similarity in the questions, but in the answers that come through. Sometimes there'll be a lot of past life stuff coming up or... They'll just be like very um, like subtle reassurances that these people Mm -hmm. need it. Like, oh my God, everyone knows this information, but that's exactly what they needed to hear. And that's the other part is that trust of what is coming through of saying it instead of, and I really learned that lesson early on. If I don't say something, it'll just repeat, 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 or it'll just stop. So whatever is coming, I just have to trust it and let it out.
1: That's a really, really good point because we never know what we're bringing through. It's like the hat boxes or it's like something else. You don't know what that key is, but spirit knows. And they're giving you something to resonate with that person Uh, because we've both done core shamanic work at at different times in our lives. In that work, I was taught to go to the Hall of Records, but actually the Akashic Records and the Hall of Records are basically the same place. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think that's another aspect. If you've learned a different term for this, it's still tapping into that vast and limitless field of information that we all have access to. And what Kate's able to do is to light the torch and lead you in and get the information and bring it back for you so that it will help you either acclimate that energy into your your life now or give you clarity on the direction you should take next, which Mm -hmm. I think is what we're all trying to do right now during these times is find something that we'll, uh, we're we're all, we all feel to be searching in it and I more and more folks that I'm speaking with, it's like there's something right on the periphery and any tools that we can use to go deeper within and get that knowledge is going to help us be more of service to, to other people. Yeah. Um, so I can tell that you love this, which is great. And it also is, you've built it over time. This isn't, a. what popped into my head is you're not a one hit wonder. This isn't just like, oh, I, you know, I took a 10 minute class and now I'm a, a practitioner. You've built this over many years and, and a long time of connection to say, this is what resonates with me and this is how I can be of service and help you. How can people find you or how can people experience this this amazing opportunity with you?
0: So my website is AkashicElements.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram with the same Akashic Elements. You can email me, you can message me. So that's that's my spot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good spot. It's a beautiful site and it's if you have any interest in the Akashic Records or you're wondering, what, how can I find more information about that? This is an excellent opportunity to be able to explore that a bit with someone who is very adept, but also is incredibly easy to communicate with and work with. And for me, I know if I'm going to work with a practitioner, I have to feel safe. I have to feel like it's... Um, a mutually respected, safe environment to explore and you provide that beautifully. So if you're feeling a little hesitant or you're someone who might be a bit more introverted or reserved about sharing your personal information, Kate would be an excellent person to explore this with because she holds space beautifully. And it's never from a place of judgment or authority. It's always from a place of how can I help you find the answers you're looking for?
0: So important. And, you know, if anyone did want to reach out and had questions, they can email. I can We can set up even a phone chat prior to having a meeting. If, if they're feeling a little unsure about it, I'm mm-hmm. happy to do that as well.
1: That's beautiful. So it's it's AkashicElements.com. And if someone wanted to send you an email, there, your contact information is on your website.
0: It is. And it's Kate Trotter at AkashicElements.com.
1: Beautiful. And, you know, so this is an amazing opportunity because Kate is, and I say this a lot, but I only say it if I mean it, Kate's the real deal. And if you're looking for someone to help you dig a little deeper and find some answers, please reach out to Kate. She'll, she'll be able to light the way for you beautifully. Is there anything else you'd like to add or...
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to offer your, um, your listeners, I have three different booking options right now. And there's one called Akashic Thank You. That is uh, 45 to an hour, and it's a reduced rate compared to the initial reading. And since they've listened to this, and they know a little bit about the Akashic Records, I'd be happy to offer them that reduced Akashic Thank You booking option and just write in the comments that they listen to the to the podcast.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. So it's a Kaushik thank you. They can find that on your website. And that's for a 45 minute to an hour, roughly reading. Yep. <laughs> and it's at a reduced rate to, to check it out and see what this yeah. is all about. Oh, I love, love, love that. Thank you so very much. Thank you for sharing your light because it's uh, we need you and the world needs you and you're doing beautiful work. And I think that anything... I, I just, it's going to be fun to watch this unfold with you. I really believe that because you're you are coming from a place of truth and spirit always, always respects truth. So thank you again. And for all of you who are listening, remember, there's always something that you came here to do. And I hope by listening to these share your light episodes, you're realizing, huh, I can do that too. Or what is it in me that I want to share To help raise the vibration and help the world through these transitionary times. In the past, Samantha and I have taught a wonderful class together, Mediumship 101. And because of a shift of events, I'm going to be offering this on my own coming up. But It's going to be a much different format. So instead of the four weeks meeting weekly in the evening, it's going to be on two Saturdays during the month of November. I'll be covering similar information that Samantha and I went to. You'll still have access to the private Facebook group of over 300 people. You'll still have all of the, the basic core things that as an entry-level medium, if you're curious, if you've been wondering, if you've been feeling a nudge from spirit, if the premonitions are getting strong, you want to learn how to connect. This is a very basic intro class on how to determine how do I best connect with spirit? What's the way that my blueprint works to make this connection with my loved ones in spirit? If you're being called to explore this a little bit more, you can get more information at my website, thegratefulmessenger.com. Go to online classes. There'll be a link there to sign up and it will lead you right through. There'll be a description. If you have any questions about this, you can email me, Denise at thegratefulmessenger.com, and I'm more than happy to. Um, give you more information. So all of you take care of yourselves, be safe.